This is What the Flock Radio's Birds of a Feather. We are an indie music-focused show rife with witty, fuck-laden, insanely interesting, and unhinged banter. Our thematic submissions will confuse, infuse, and delight you, while our fascinating, fun features fluster, flummox, fulfill, and thrill you. Well, I know that this may be old hat by now, but I am the vocalist for the dark alt-rock band Ascent, and I am also known as Christina, which is crazy. And, uh, did they get you to trade your heroes for ghosts? You know you just can't win. You find your eyes are growing moist. It's all right, we told you what to dream. You'll get the chance to put the knife in. You raise the blade, you make the change. And if you don't mind, can you help me? When I come home cold and tired, I didn't mean to let them take away my soul. There's room for you inside. Threatened by shadows at night and exposed in the light, I caught a fleeting glimpse. I was staring straight into the shining sun. Goodbye, blue sky. That was genius. I knew from the beginning who you were doing, but that was an amazing narrative with the most unlikely lines from Pink Floyd. That was that was that was breathtaking. I was absolutely spellbound by that. Seriously, beautiful, beautiful work there. Um, so mm-hmm. let's just move on past. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I don't need to do one this time. I don't think. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, Who are uh, you? Oh me. Oh yeah, the other guy on the show. I'm uh, of course uh, Professor P. Soup, uh, international rock legend and radio and radiant savant. Um, and. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> well, you asked me one time what was wrong with me, and I thought, what am I, a freak of nature? Yeah. Uh, I said, that's it. I'm a radiant savant. I go in here with absolutely no idea of you know at, where to even begin to do anything, and she tells me that it works, and I'm like, okay, uh, I, it must be radiant. I must be a radiant savant. Okay, oh you know, God. and although I don't often talk about my uh, you know my background, my childhood, my you know upbringing or anything like that, I'm a very private person, but. You know, I came across an old diary the other day, and there were some really strange entries. That perhaps it was fantasy, just my imagination. Anyway, from what I read, our family affair at home was a cross between a war and a sideshow. Mercy, mercy me. Papa was a rolling stone, it said. And it was quite a shame how he was living for the city. Then in late September, he hopped aboard the midnight train to Georgia for some distant lover. Uh, who was that lady? Uh, she seems to have gone by the nickname Lady Marmalade. Everybody plays the fool, Mama sighed on the last night, clearly walking thin line between love and hate. You'll never find another love like mine, she said, adding bitterly. You couldn't find love with both hands and a flashlight. <laughs> She's over here going, <clears throat> and that was it. They didn't even kiss and say goodbye. What's going on, I thought. Is leaving us so easy? No, apparently it wasn't. Within two weeks, Papa was going off the wall. Oh, girl, he cried on the phone. You are my shining star. I miss the good times. Can we try to pick up the pieces? I swear I'll give you the best of my love. Next thing you know, he was on the love train back to our brick house. And so they were reunited. Ain't no it felt so good. <laughs> it felt so good. Ain't no stopping us now, the last entry read, because... We are family. Uh, Sounds like a lot of Motown to me. (laughs) In case you're wondering, that was actually 31 of the top 100 soul songs of all time, according to uh, somebody. I don't know who. Oh, my God. 
gone. <laughs> but yeah, you know, because I'm uh, because of uh, there are holes in radiant savancy, uh, savantism. I forgot to say something last time after my blondie intro that uh, was really kind of important. Uh, the story there uh, was clearly made up. That's not that is no application to my uh, private life, uh, personal life. Because as you remember, a key element of that was I got stood up. So uh, and. You got to ask yourself, would any real woman leave this hanging? Come on now. <laughs> Total, obviously, fiction from the get-go. And uh, I figured I would uh, forget to say it last time, bring it up this time, so the audience would have no idea what I was talking Perfect. about. Which means they would know they were tuned into the right show. Oh, gotcha. So, anyway, okay. um, so uh, what's on the uh, in the docket, Pumpkin? Well, that was quite something. 31. That may be a record. That may be a record. Uh, Seriously, I'm not sure. I can't remember. But But. those lines. See, I can't do... You do lines before the show. (laughs) I can't do lines. (laughs) You can. Maybe you shouldn't, but you can. (laughs) That would probably enable me to do lines. Oh, never mind. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Too much information. Too much information. Too much information. All right. Well, all of the amazing and uh, interesting, fascinating, and uh, artistic introductions aside, what what will we be talking about in bird banter well we're going to talk about somebody that we both love oh really and that is ann wilson oh and the five albums she can't live without oh and i know you might think you know who they are but you might be surprised yes we ann wilson of course somebody we both love and i would love to know and i don't have any idea about what some of her favorite stuff is except for of course there's one band that's obviously uh there's uh, is going to end up in her uh, list of influences because they cover them all the time and better than anybody else but apart from that i couldn't guess so lead on yeah this certainly is not her influences these are the five albums i guess this is her desert island top five. Oh, okay and so this is courtesy of spin so thank you spin.com for providing this amazing information um so a couple things about her first of all uh where is she currently living in washington and she really wants to live in montreal it would be snowing, and she says she would be wrapped in real fur, eating uh, soup on the sidewalk, listening to music pouring out of the doorways. And she's excited about a whole bunch of new songs written during quarantine that she's recording now, and she wants to release in 2021 or 2022. And she's excited about her husband and her dogs, and a uh, little bit, uh, and a little bit of vintage soul and classic rock. She says she likes. And she prefers vinyl, of course, because she says it sounds best. So a couple cute little things about Ann Wilson. Vinyl is awesome, Ann. You're right. come on. So the number one album she cannot live without is Black Star by David Bowie. Whoa. A a favorite of yours, too, I believe. Absolutely. One of my absolute favorite, I think, albums of all time, maybe. She says she loves this album because it's so brave and poetic, and it really is, again, shirking all convention, just going for it. Um, And she says she feels this album is his most cutting edge, although he took on, you know, status quo the whole time, uh, that he really, really challenges uh, the most immutable law of all, which is mortality. She finds it haunting. Um, and he's wide awake as he ponders his own demise and invents a new religion with the relic of Major Tom as a mythological deity, and he does. It's beautiful. The video is haunting and gorgeous. So, yes, Black Star. I My jaw dropped when I saw that because I, I just don't think people understand the power of that album. 
Well, lyrically, as you were saying, he's uh, bucking convention all the time. Lyrically and musically, every record of his was, where did that come from? What is yeah. that? I mean, who thinks of stuff like that? You right. know? And uh, Black Star, which you turned me on to, and I, I listened to it twice the very first night I heard it, is yeah. that impressive. So good on you, Anne. Even though you're Canadian, I'm going to talk to you like an Aussie. Good on you. <laughs> Absolutely. So the next one is Hijira by Joni Mitchell. Isn't that the weird jazz period? <laughs> I love this album. She says, like, I love a lifelong friend. She says, uh, Joni's a grown woman, free agent, traveling solo. The songs are full of rich imagery of the things and people she encounters and interlaced with her poetic, unforgiving introspections. And she says this album reaches new heights, letting jazzy time signatures <laughs> and voices ride shotgun with her signature guitar tunings. This album, she says, does not age. Rather, it unfolds with time. So I think you and I need to go back and listen. I, I admit, I have probably been a bad fan. I've probably <laughs> been unfair to Joni. I know she's a genius. I absolutely adore her. And yet, there's some of her stuff which I've not even bothered to listen to. And uh, that's to my uh, everlasting disgrace. <laughs> absolutely. Well, number three is quite something. I'm quite certain we're going to have to do a... Oh, Listen okay. and then come back. So, number three is Perfect Day by Chris Whitley. Whoosh. Whoosh. Back. All right. So, she says, I love this album because it's so intimate. Chris's tangled, smoky vulnerability is wide open here, and there's no effort to make things pretty with the production. Rather, there is... Nearly no production at all, save for a kind of 4 a.m. relaxed and buzzed atmosphere. This is a covers album that I believe really takes the versions, sorry, really takes the versions somewhere wonderful. And as a singer, he is in her top four of all times. And she loves hearing him this naked and she can feel right down to his soul. It's another album that she says doesn't age hardly at all. um, And she likes that. You know, when you said Chris Whitley, uh, you remember my reaction. The name inspired this sense of horror. Yeah, it did. I saw that. For some reason, it was like it was like a creeping death. Yes, I saw that. And uh, but I didn't. When I once I heard the music start, uh, I realized okay, this is not what I thought. However, the next time I hear him, I will feel the same sense of horror. Only this time, I'll know why. Because Anne, Anne, Anne. Anne, I'm sorry. You're breaking, you're killing me here. You're, you're killing, killing me, Smalls. I mean, of all the people and all, uh, no effort made to make it sound pretty? Yeah. I got that. <laughs> I got that. <laughs> Mission accomplished. <laughs> Check. <laughs> Check. <laughs> no, zero pretty. Pretty factor. <laughs> The slop factor is like a 20. Yeah, the pretty-ometer need- uh, needle does not even budge. It doesn't even flicker <laughs> no. on that one. No, uh, It was really kind of an amped-up uh, Americana. And, you know, about all that can be said is that, okay, Ansher has some uh, eclectic, eclectic taste. taste. That's right. Uh, a little more meat and potatoes here, Ann. If that's that's raw and naked, no, 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 girl. That is not. I, I don't get that. I, I just, don't get that. I just get, please add some compression or something. Yeah, <laughs> please, do something. Please yeah. produce something. Do yeah. something because it's a mess to me. Um, and while he did have some cool vocal tricks he did, I just overall, I was wanting it to move me and it just didn't. Yeah, there was there were a couple of moments when he did pull out a vocal trick out of his bag. And you go, oh, that was interesting. Oh, yeah, and it's it, over. it doesn't redeem no. the fact that his voice is annoying as And it's hell. a fleeting moment. It's fleeting just, moment. Yes. It, it fled, yeah. 
So, sorry, Anne, we disagree, but that's fine. These are your top five albums, mm-hmm. Desert Island. That's what you're taking with you. Uh, number four is Essence by Lucinda Williams. Now, she loves this album because it's the perfect marriage of unpretentiousness, honesty, and badassery. I love me some Lucinda, and Essence is full of her best songwriting and singing, tattered, torn, and honest. And she says it's a welcome relief from female singer-songwriters like uh, Warriors, Barbies, and Kardashians who just want to show you how hypersexual and badass they are. Watch out because Lucinda actually is a badass who's a broken butterfly and a raven with a touch of blue glistening down her back. What more can she say? Lou is her kind of gal. Yeah, well, uh, again, Anne, I, I, I'm so surprised at this that you are so impressed with these artists and everything. And why is it, I, I find this uh, incredible phenomenon in the music scene, that people are fans who really, really love and venerate artists who they are way better than. You oh, know? yeah. And I mean, Ann Wilson... Uh, She's a goddess yeah, in she every sense of the word. And, I mean, and her vocals are unlike anyone else's. Uh, and her just command of how to f- emote during a song and how to communicate what the song is about is unlike anything else. And I didn't get that from either of the last two artists. Now, I certainly get that from Bowie. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And Joni Mitchell certainly does that. Yes. Absolutely. But I, I'm not so sure about the jazz stuff, but maybe, it, I mean, I, I could, I'm open to that way more open to that. Well, we know that Joni Mitchell is amazing. Great, yeah. yeah. So now these last two, it was I, uh, when I listened uh, to Ann Wilson or Hart, either one, and I have two uh, EPs by her, by the Ann, Ann Wilson uh, thing, mm-hmm. that group, but she, she's fantastic. When I listen to anything she's ever done, I do not feel as if I am trudging through 14 inches of snow wearily in some kind of frigging uh, mines on the way to Mordor or some shit like that, just, you know, with doom hanging over and everything, which I was really getting so exhausted listening to the other two artists. I don't know what the appeal is. I honestly, I don't see it. I don't get it. it. Maybe it's there, but I don't see it. I don't get it either, unfortunately. Sorry about that, Anne. We're not as cool and I guess. I guess we're not. Well, you are, at least, with number five. I, however, am not. Number five is Quadrophenia by The Who. Nice. I love this album because I feel like it's The Who with all cylinders firing. Don't hate me for not thinking Tommy was the one. I just feel Quadrophenia has more depth, more beauty. It has it all. And she loves the music and the story of the alienation that, uh, you know, appeals to her and she can relate. So... All of her favorite albums are timeless, she says, and ageless. And this is another one. She could listen to Quadrophenia all her life. Well, Quadrophenia, I'm going to give it to Anne big time on this one because Quadrophenia is a masterpiece. By the way, for some reason, I just thought of uh, there's a tie here and there's a tie to your intro. Uh, I recently watched uh, the 30-year anniversary concert of Heart doing the Dreamboat Annie album uh, in, in 2009. They did it, or 2007 it was. And uh, two of the covers that they did were the last song you mentioned, Goodbye Blue Sky. They actually covered that. And the last song on Quadrophenia, Love, Rain, or Me. So, And, I mean, who can sing Daltrey but Ann Wilson? Who can sing Robert Plant but Ann Wilson? Anybody else can sing Daltrey. Any Muppet. (laughs) Yeah, Daltrey, the the Roger Daltrey thing, no problems. Yeah. Um, And and I will say, I have to say it, I, I just have to. I know everyone is obsessed with Robert Plant, and it's not that I don't think he's great, but I'd rather hear Ann Wilson sing Led Zeppelin songs any day. Yeah, well, they, oh, and also on this concert video, uh, they do two Led Zeppelin songs. I mean, they are the, the great Led Zeppelin but cover band of all time. But that's not one of her 
No, uh, that's yeah. I don't quite get that. But Quadrophenia is is a it's a double album for those of you who might not know. Definitely better than Tommy. I agree with her on that one. Uh, masterpiece. Pete Townsend is just all over the map on this one. There is some outright Pink Floyd level progressive rock here, and you know all kinds of punk and ballads and, and just anything you can think of. It's conceptual. I'm not exactly in love with the uh, protagonist as Anne seems to be. But um, it is a very compelling story, and thankfully I saw The Who a year and a half ago live, and they did uh, a lengthy segment of that. It was very cool. But, uh, yeah, got to hand it to Anne on this one. Good choice. In fact, my Desert Island albums are double albums, and one of them would be Quadrophenia, mm. along with Physical Graffiti, The White Album, uh, etc., uh, Exile on Main Street, and so forth. Yeah, I totally disagree. I don't get this Who thing. I just I will never understand it. I tried to listen to it. I mean, there must be some sort of like cool person code that I I didn't get. No one gave me the code because it's just like we don't have I the don't code for it. Lucinda and yeah, because uh, I don't yeah. get it. I mean, yeah. like I've listened to a lot of it. I mean, Bruce certainly listens to the Who all the time, and I'm just like, why? It has no appeal to me. I'd rather hear Pete Townsend stuff, like I said. So I don't get this one at all either. I just I would not want this album or any album by the Who trapped with me on a desert island i would probably try to make a flotation device out of it or something or a ritual sacrifice to the gods or something burn it to for try smoke to, to a, yeah, a flying an over flying airplane yeah or exactly because fuck that i don't want that so i can think of a lot of other albums that deserve a place in your top five and but you know that's not for me to choose i don't get this but again maybe somebody will pass me the cool code at some point because the who just does not register for me i don't know there's some secret speakeasy somewhere and you walk in and all of a sudden you love the who and i have not been invited to that shit or i can't find it it's a gene it's a gene oh that's a that's so it's is that it's sort of like it's a a mutated gene (laughs) yeah it's sort of a disability (laughs) it's it's a mutated gene that's unfortunate yeah Yeah, because if you like muppet that much then i guess yeah it's kind of sort of a a disability but that is her top five so i thought when i saw it i thought that would be so interesting because it's not what i thought well no because you say what's ann wilson's top five going to be can't do that and led zeppelin's going to be in there somewhere but no my heart is half broken and half restored, you know. Yeah, my heart is mostly broken other than the Black Star thing and a little bit of the Joni Mitchell thing. I'm a little I'm a little lost on this one. I feel a little a little confused and a little scared, I think, right now. A little, a little vulnerable. Yeah, little I, vulnerable. I do. I feel like... You know, I mean, yeah, yeah, when, when you hear when you hear us fall, you know, I mean, yeah. I think that shakes us all. It does. I feel shaken to my core. Shaken to I the do. core. You know? And I, I feared that you would feel the same way, but at least as BFFs, we can do this together, you know? And, uh, you know, when we were talking about uh, records and things like that, isn't there like a, an Ascent record or something that was re- released recently? Yeah. Oh, how interesting. A couple weeks ago, maybe? Nice segue. Yeah. Um, actually, yes. Uh, thank you for saying that. Yes, we released it. And actually, recently we were talking about this and we sent off uh, our proofs for physical media. So we will be getting in some physical CDs for those of you who... You hipsters uh, out there rolling your <laughs> eyes. You exactly. Know? What are CDs? What's a CD, man? Yeah, because I'm not going to do the, the limited edition vinyl that people are going to pay 15 bucks for because they're probably not. And it'll so cost more than that. It's going to cost much yeah. more than that. Um, so yeah, we did release it 15 tracks. It's about 59 minutes in all. Um, we have, we have two kind of very like heartfelt slower tracks, which are kind of gonna, you know, stop you in your tracks. There's a hard rock and then we stop you. Then we hard rock you. Then we stop you. Um, so hopefully you'll pick it up. It is called bleed like us evolution of sorrow. 
And while that sounds very, very sad and depressing, the album itself is very up and and uh, I think very electric. It's got a lot going on. And uh, yeah, we released it on the 26th of March and we continue to push it. In fact, this will be after What happened fact. on May 1st? Well, we released it on March 26th, but oh. May 1st is when we are doing This Will Be Passed. Oh, that's by the right. Time, yes, yes, yes. By that's the time when you this did airs, the, right, yes, yeah. this will that's be when far you did in the release past. party. That's right. Yeah, yeah, so we are doing May 1st now in the in the past. Um, <laughs> on May 1st. <laughs> this is what happened on May 1st, we think. <laughs> we think. <laughs> from our vantage point in April. <laughs> so on May 1st, we had a, a, a live stream where we played the entire album. Oh, it was great. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't tomorrow wonderful? It's like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's totally true, but yes, right now it is 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 April, so we are recording this well in advance. But yes, that's going to happen. We're hoping to be able to play it live. Obviously, sooner right. rather than later, live music is coming back. Uh, and now that we've both had both our shots, we are going to be much in a much better place, feel much safer uh, for others. We don't want to harm anybody else. All right. So if you want to hear the new album, feel free to go to asnt.rocks. You could go to Spotify. Gosh, we're on everything. iHeartRadio. We're all over the place. Amazon, Apple. So you can certainly buy it or you can listen to it for free in any of those places. Isn't there something going on with you? Well, first of all, if a rogue asteroid wipes California out, boy, are our faces going to be red for having said this. You know? So true. But so true. But I actually am releasing the Tell Me a Story album, or have, have, have done so on the 7th. <laughs> and uh, the information, um, I think it'll be, you'll be able to get it from my website, professorpsoup.net. The, yeah, there'll be links to something there anyway. So <laughs> just go there. That's where it probably is or was or will be. And um, you know what? I finally got to the point of futzing around with... Um, Various uh, tricks and things that a, that an autistic chimpanzee would have figured out a decade ago. I always wonder why does it sound like shit, and then I always oh, did that. Okay, now it sounds more like a like a proper record and everything. So I'm finally at peace. It, I've I've gone through the the process, and and I'm come to terms with the fact that this is my record, and I'm proud of it. It's been a it's been a dream uh, putting it together with all these wonderful people involved. So they can't all be wrong, and to the best of my knowledge, they were not uh, bribed, uh, neither were they coerced or anything like that. So they participated. So maybe they see something, and maybe you will too. Hmm. So. You certainly will. Definitely take a listen and watch out for that. It's interesting because this is this is our the other side, the flip side. We also have day jobs, so we do that too. We do it all. We do it radio, all. music, working. Yep, crazy. Right on. Well, I think that leaves uh, you to do some work here. It sounded like you were going to wrap this puppy up in a neat little blanket there for a second. Oh, no. <laughs> I was going to say, hey, I uh, don't do that. <laughs> roll credits, you know. <laughs> All right, the uh, theme recap restatement. As you might recall from the previous episode, the theme of this edition of Birds of a Feather is Free Bird. So we don't have to worry about the content or the uh, the meanings behind the songs or anything of that sort. Just the genre, which is electronic rock. Uh, it's a music genre that involves a combination of rock music and electronic music. It occurs when electronic bands incorporate electronic instrumentation, e.g. synthesizers, mellotrons, vocal samples, drum machines, anything that's not your typical garage band, crash, boom, bang, uh, can drums and electric guitars and stuff like that. 
into their music. And some uh, some fine examples of that are Depeche Mode. Very mm. good, very good example. Mm-hmm. Nine Inch, we just heard them tonight. We did. We actually were out and heard Depeche just Mode. Just can't get enough. Yeah, we're out tonight. I was looking at a new phone. You know how it is when you hang out with young people. They're always like, you got to get a newer phone, you know, and everything. <laughs> you do. <laughs> you do. I know it. It's do. time. Yeah. Uh, until I found out that my... Five-generation old phone with a busted screen, slightly, slightly, slightly busted screen, uh, is actually, I own money on it still. It's like, well, damn, isn't that an insult? So <laughs> That's all right. We'll go to T-Mobile. But we were there, and they <laughs> played Depeche Mode, and that made it easier. And I was very it surprised. Didn't. I never would have guessed it was them. It was very good. But this bitch knew. She knew. I she mean, knew. come on. Yeah. Nine Inch Nails, Kraftwerk, Devo, hell yeah. Uh, Garbage, The Prodigy, recently passed away, Uh, The Killers. Well, not the whole band. Yeah, just The Prodigy himself. (laughs) Yeah, not the whole band. (laughs) It sounded like we lost the whole band. Wasn't it Keith Flint? I think it was Keith Flint. Yeah, Keith Flint, yeah. Loved him. Uh, I only found, pretty much, he was like Lemmy. I kind of found out after he passed on how good he was. Yeah, it is. Fantastic. All right, and well, um, I'm thinking that. Having the theme having been recapped and restated, that moves us on to a feature, and it looks like this one goes to you. Yes, and this is a feature that we're repeating. Not sure how many times or how often, but hummingbirds. For this feature, we hum songs and see if the other person can guess the song in a head-to-head battle. And these are fun, silly, and uh, (laughs) a little less painful than various, which... uh, I have been shamed and just absolutely pummeled by and that I have been game. Guilt plagued. Yeah, because it's it's been brutal. You've been brutalizing me. It's not right. I have felt bruised. It's taken its toll on me. <laughs> it happens. So this time I start the round. Last time you started. So this first song is kind of hard to hum, but I'm gonna do it. And <laughs> it's gonna be fucking funny. <laughs> but I'm gonna do it. So I'm gonna see if. Uh, I'm going to do it backwards. I'm not going to do the chorus because it's kind of hard, but I'm going to... We'll see. Mm. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it makes me laugh. I practice this shit. <laughs> All right. So, hey oh. <laughs> Wait, what? What was that? <laughs> Hang on. I'm not supposed to say that. No, I didn't think so. That wasn't a la. That wasn't a hmm. That wasn't a... La, la. La, la. La, la, la. La, 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 la. La 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 Oh no 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 La 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 Uh oh uh oh La 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 Oh, oh, oh. La, 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 la. Okay. Can't you see what I mean? <laughs> Thank <Yes>. you. <laughs> Might as well jump. 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 <laughs> Van Halen, jump. Oh, my goodness. That one's I a was, tough one. I was so close to bailing on That's that one. That's why I just kept going. All right. Well, this it's is a hard one to hum. You may have to do some editing on that one. <laughs> yeah. This is not going to be a piece of cake either, All I'm right. sure. All right. <clears throat> la, 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 la. Oh, ooh, that end part, but hmm. Evidently, you can hum, you can la the whole fucking song in this game. It's nice. La 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 la. You're going to abhor Elton John. I was going to say, you're going to abhor yourself if you can't think of this. Well, it's just, you had to do like the whole song. The whole song. Oh, I had to do a lot of jump. 
You did. Have, you hard. had to do a lot of junk. <laughs> <I did>. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Elton John. Don't the sun go down on me from the classic album Caribou, and uh, that one has a sort of a George Michael tie there yes. too. Uh, beautiful, beautiful song. Uh, that duet that they did. Oh. Amazing, amazing. Mm. All George. right, well, chalk one up for each of us. I know, nice. right? Even though we had to do ninety percent of the song yeah, for each well, other, whatever. I, uh, the bylaws, the hey, you know, there's no, there's no. We make for the that. rules. Yeah, we make the rules. All right, are you ready for the next one? La 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 la. So to the automatic, is it automatic by the pointer sisters? Yes, yes, Wow, this is this used to be a lot harder. I guess we're picking them well. We're trying to pick them. We're trying to be nice to each other. I guess we are. Okay. All right. How about this one? La 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 Rock the boat, don't rock the boat, baby. Rock the boat by shit. By shit. Yes, thank you. Although although radio stations discouraged them, so they used an alternate name besides shit back then. You're right. It was it's shit. Like, technically, you got it. It's like basket case. I'm, it, it, it I'm not going to you know, get this because of the name of the artist being so obscure. I am going to give you another one. I'll, I'll, we'll skip that one. However, the uh, I should at least get fifty percent on that. Y- you do. That's, okay. a, that's like I mean, a half. A so you could end up with four and a half right Ooh, there, or I might three and win. a half. I might yeah. actually win one could round. Be a, could be a tiebreaker. Could I, be a tiebreaker. That's true. And maybe you won't actually feel guilt stricken every night. That's right. As uh, now, that one was too hard. You did know the song, of course. Yeah, I don't. I, it was like the number one song of that year. And it's almost uh, the group was the Hughes Corporation. Oh yeah, there's no way. No way, right? This could get this that. could have been an "It's My Turn" and a one-hit warbler all in True. one. True. And uh, "It's My Turn." How? Of course, it was a, their only hit that I know of, and it was the biggest hit of that year. It was like the number one hit of that year. Everybody wow. knows it. I mean, it was like 50 years ago, and she still. Knows I know it. that song. Yeah. yeah, everybody knows that song. But it's my turn. Where did the group get started? Their first appearance in the public eye was in the 1970. Two black exploitation classic Blackula. Yes, right. Oh my god! Their first appearance was in Blackula. They did two original songs, and despite the cheesy and schlocky and funny title, it was a very good picture, and so was the sequel. You got to understand in the seventies, black exploitation, grindhouse cinema was everything, and it was fueling the fantasies and aspirations of a young nerd named Quentin Tarantino, who uh, has incorporated so much of that into his uh, Oscar-winning films. So yeah, Hughes Corporation, a little too obscure there, but it's a it's a fun story where they come from. So I'll throw you another one, and that will be this. I'll give you a slight hit and say it's a little more recent than my usual fare. Mm. <laughs> in other words, it's not. Well, that's refreshing. I mean, you know, because you did say on an earlier show that in code, basically, that we have to stop pandering to dinosaurs like David and try to. <laughs> <laughs> it was we're a code. Trying to, yeah. We're trying to have a universal audience, you yeah, know, yeah. universal content for our universal audience. That's that's what I said. Ah, okay, so, <laughs> I don't think so, but that's all right. <laughs> let me see if it's possible to la la this one. All right. <laughs> Or something like that. It's kind of inane. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck. It's that kind happens. of inane, but that's pretty much that's uh, that's the only part I know. It's that's like the chorus. Oh shit! La 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 la
don't know that part at all. I, I'm not sure that part's actually what, in the song. I don't know what the whiny man. I don't know what that is. Oh, 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 there's got to be an OO in there. Shit. I'm not sure if that's actually how the song goes or if just that's how I think it should go. <laughs> the rest of it is actually how the song goes. It could be though. a little bit of both. I have no idea. California Girls by Katy Perry. Oh, yeah. It was a big, big hit. If I know it, I figured, you know. Young cool people know it. Yeah, I mean, I all guess right. I could know that if if I liked her at all. So yeah, that's probably my bad. It's I, probably like, my. I, I know we had that discussion. I, yeah, yeah, I mean, liking something if you're subjected to something, you don't have to like it to yeah, know you it. Hate Lane Staley, but you like her shit, so that's whatever. Well, no, but I, I mean, we all know and recognize instantly songs that we hate just because they were fucking everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> and that was one of those. And that was I actually think. a good rendition. If I if my brain could get there, because yeah, now that I yeah. hear it, you did it right. La yeah. la la la. Just, I knew it. It's just kind of inane, which is it the is. whole thing. It's totally true. All right, is it my turn now? Because I still have two more. Oh uh, yeah. Help all right. Says. La 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 Yes, the greatest recording artist of all time, Britney Spears. That's it. Yeah, not a bit. Not a huge fan. She occasionally uh, <laughs> occasionally stumbles into something good. Yeah. But uh, that was not great. Yeah. That's that a, not a great song, but, but everybody uh, knows it. Maybe one more time, Britney Spears. Yes, indeed. So you're three for three with me, so see how sweet I am? I'm telling you. You're gonna be guilt stricken again. This uh, I have to think about this one because the band, I'm not sure if you'll know this one. Uh <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> weird time to think about it now. <laughs> well, you know the band. It's this is it just me that thinks this was a big hit? No, it was a big hit. Uh Okay. La 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 <laughs> what was that? It was a hint. I was changing to a uh, perhaps a more female. You're like key change. It sounded like a key change. No, it's, it's mm. just that's where the females come in. Um, la 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 da, 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 la 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 la. <laughs> okay, uh, it, uh, maybe it's too obscure. I got, I got nothing. It was a big. Does your mother know by Abba? You don't know that song. You couldn't do fucking Fernando or something. You know other Abba songs, songs, but not that one. Okay, I am much every other motherfucking song except that one. That was a great song. Maybe that was delightful. (laughs) Maybe it's just because I like it. No, it was a hit. Okay, all right. I can I can I slide another one in that you'll actually get. Hopefully, you'll get. I don't know. I'm not sure. I think you might be doing like stuff for yourself because I ain't getting these. No, no. I thought you would know that one, really. I mean, I like. There's a million Abba hits, and you pick that one. Okay. All right. Substitute one. Ready? All right. La 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 La, la, you said I wanted la, that. La, la, la. I wanted I, I, that. I, I should have just cut to the la la uh, la la la. 
I'm sorry. That's Tell me is, why. I ain't nothing but Is it Backstreet Boys? I love that song. The question is, and I had to look it up myself. This is a sad commentary, but... It's either NSYNC or Backstreet Boys. Exactly. I'm going to give you credit. That's my exact reaction. I didn't know if it was NSYNC or Backstreet Boys. It's NSYNC. Uh... I'm going to give you credit for your first answer, which was Backstreet Boys, okay, which is it. who it is. Yeah, it's Backstreet Boys. So I had it right the first time. Yeah, so you got it right the first time, and that's that's what we're cutting. That's what we're counting on. Okay, well, I'm not sure how many I got, like one and a half or something. You got pretty much all of them. Okay. <laughs> no, I didn't. Do you have one more for me? <laughs> I do. I'm lost here. But there's okay. two that I did not. Well, because you did like 16 in the middle. Well, yeah, because, yeah the one's okay. That wasn't fair. That wasn't bad. fair. I'm feeling yeah, bad. Yeah, I know. I'm trying. We're, and look at me. I'm like giving you, like again, softballs, baby. You're giving me cotton balls, baby. Seriously. So it's like, you know, but if you, uh, if you, Stumped me with a really some cold shit, then I'm sure you'd give me a, a, a bonus one. Yeah. yeah, but I'm not gonna. I'm not. I'm so not, far, you definitely have. Yeah, because I'm not cold. No, you're not cold. Like no, that. I'm not cold like I'm that. I'm not trying to be cold. I don't play like that. I'm not trying to be cold. I don't know. Yeah, your track record isn't good. <laughs> <laughs> Lay it on me. All right, you ready? La 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 because it means that much to me. The song that everybody on planet Earth has covered at least once. Heard it through the grapevine. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Now, here's the problem. Heard it through the grapevine by... I'm going to say Creedence Clearwater Revival. Let me see. Not Al Green. Oh, my. The actual original. I'm going to confess to having a problem with this. Not the Temptations? No, <laughs> no, no. Why? Why am I? Ha- why am I stumped on this? Because everybody's done it. Heard it through the grapevine by four tops. No, it would be. Uh, wow. I don't know. You've guessed like sixty-two times. I'm thinking. You- <laughs> I'm going to go through the catalog here. Uh, <laughs> Wait till you t- tell me if I get it right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> tell I'll, me if I say the right artist. I'll go alphabetically. <laughs> Great. I'll let you know when you get it. All right, hold on, hold on, hold on. It was Marvin Gaye. <laughs> You don't even. You're just like you just throwing shit out. Fish is that heads. is that Fish your heads at the ceiling? Is that your final answer? Uh, no, it's not my final answer, Reg. Um, give, me, give me your final answer. All right, let me see. Um, why is uh, am I drawing a blank on this? Is it the aforementioned senility? Uh, I'll give you a hint. Okay. It was one of the people you said, but you didn't. You didn't give me a final answer. Oh. Marvin Gaye. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, I, I knew it was Marvin Gaye all along, actually. Oh, my I just, God. I just, I lacked. You, you went through like 16 people, so. I lacked confidence, you know. Well. Because I thought, no, that's too obvious. Yeah, that's well, it. you won that round again, and apparently you will win all of these rounds because you like to fuck me over. Oh, you were you were totally slaying there. Totally uh, slaying. For like one and a half. One and a half. <laughs> so, it is time for some indie fucking music. Is it really? It is. It's like that's like playing videos on MTV. You know? I know, right? No, we actually <laughs> call do your quite cable a, provider. Quite a bit more. Yeah. Yes. Quite a bit more than they do these days. Well, a very pleasant surprise. Christine has an Earth Forest by a band called Morphing Bass, and the song "Devil's Breath." And you know, I got to say, one of the many, many delightful advantages of being as as dim a bulb as I am, uh, the the upside to cranial density is. The ability to appreciate song lyrics I can't begin to fathom, uh, which is all of them pretty much. I mean, I'm 99% sure what Jack and Joe went up the hill is about. Uh, they, they might as well have called it the War of 1812. <laughs> While happy birthday to you, I'm kind of taking that one at face value. But then you <laughs> good, get good idea. You know, I mean, I don't think there's any <laughs> hidden subtext good or idea. anything like that. But then you get into cool shit like this next song, Devil's Breath by Morphing 
bass, and the uh, the fun really starts then. Musically, it's a great ride anyway, uh, all by itself, uh, with its badass symphonic metal female vocal. Though the music is a little more down-to-earth, it's still quite progressive and pulls a wicked little break in the middle with an incredible Arabic flavor, though with a decidedly sinister and mocking tone, as befits the lyrics, as I perceive them anyway, for what that's worth. Uh, there are references to what sound like needles and white lines messing with your brain and Ooh. play my game and I'll put you in chains. I mean, it's just awesome. Uh, the narrator could be the proprietor of a drug den or the devil himself because in songs he's like really quite fond of laying out his scheme before you in every detail like a Bond villain. You know, <laughs> like, here's what I'm going to do. Here's my whole gig. Oh, baby, you're mine. You take God's name in vain, she sings. Whoever this character is, She's one bad bitch, and I'm warning you, hell, she's even warning you, you'd best not get close enough to feel that devil's breath.
All right, Devil's Breath by Morphing Bass from Tokyo, Japan. We don't get a lot of, uh, we haven't had a lot of artists from Japan, but this is superb stuff. It is. And um, uh, you can find them on social media at Morphing Bass. That's B-A-S-E, Bass, Morphing Bass. It's morphin' time. Get in there and uh, get a bit of that uh, Devil's Morning Breath. You're going to love it. I mean, it sounds hot and uh, potentially stinky, but I'm it's, in. It's it's pretty dangerous tune, and I like it. <laughs> All right. Well, hell yes or oh hell no, the results. I know you guys have been waiting, and you have just been salivating over the results. Because for this feature, we consider bands and or artists and determine if we are in or out, and we ask you to weigh in because we always want to know what you think. And this time we said Stevie Wonder. Are you in? Are you out? Well, 99% of you said, hell yes, you're in. Of course you're in, without question. Hell no, we had zero, I'm happy to say. But we had hell meh, we had 1%. So somebody said, hell meh. And uh, that did break my heart. And I'm not sure how I feel about them anymore. I'm going to try to let it pass. But I think it was Barry from High Fidelity. I think you're right. Yeah. <clears throat> I will tell you, Stevie Wonder is one of my absolute favorites. Uh, a Motown Wonder just an incredible talent. Of course, he did have some missteps, as most artists do, but <laughs> it, absolutely brilliant. Just one of my absolute favorites. So I'm a hell yes, you know, all day long, all night long. Take it, you know, I'll take on anybody. I'll beat up a motherfucker over this. Yeah, and uh, I got to say, uh, yeah, missteps, uh, that that would be the uh, what uh, Jack Black's character Barry refers to as the sentimental tacky crap, like uh, I just called to say I love you, which I have no beef with that at all. I have so much beef. She has beef with that. Yeah. She's, she's like Barry. Yeah. It ain't good. Um, but uh, And also part-time lover. Dun, 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 oh, dun, yeah, dun, yeah. Dun, dun, I could so do without part-time lover, big time. But, I mean, this is a man who made the, the wickedest soul rock R&B funk Come on. ever. I mean, ever. I mean, uh, I wish. Oh, my oh. goodness. I mean, if that were the only song he ever did. Isn't she lovely? Isn't she lovely? Uh, I mean, why didn't he call that sentimental techie crap? I think it's nice, Because that's too. beautiful. Because it's but beautiful. I'm sorry. I just called to say I love you. And, I yeah, wish I and Sir Duke and, uh, oh, and Sir superstition, Duke. superstition and higher ground. Just, Give I me mean, a break with this shit. The list goes on. Uh, it just goes on and on. And apparently, Christina agrees with the character of My Fidelity. Top five musical crimes perpetrated by Stevie Wonder in the 80s and 90s. Sub-question. Is it fair to criticize a formerly great artist for his last day sins. Well, I love Stevie Wonder, and everybody can have a clunker now and then, but he is a total hell yeah from me. All right. Well, that leads us to yet another song again, because we are all about the indie musician here, and we want to celebrate them. And this is something that David would call a house band. Uh, Brittany Fance has appeared on our show a couple times now because she fits a few of our genres or our themes brilliantly. And this song, Freedom, is no different. She's from Nashville, Tennessee, the place of Tennessee. Did I say that really weird? She's from Nashville, Tennessee, the place to many stars and many up-and-coming amazing City. acts. Yeah. And uh, she's just brilliant. And she's a singer-songwriter, Louisiana swamp jazz and down-in-your-gut soul. Now, come on. That's what she is. So now, tell me you're not Jones for some of that right now. Come on. Seriously. Now, this particular track, David, is Deep South Fans Hem. It is about freedom, hers and yours. It is part protest song and part party song. I hear a nod to 1,800 ship rowers and the baritone male vocals that introduce the song and row their way throughout. It paints a vivid picture of a pained yet hopeful spirit. Her vocals are so emotional, raw, and powerful in ways I cannot appropriately describe. She uses her vocals as a rhythmic guide to her soul. 
Enjoy freedom. by Brittany Fans. And you can find her on Facebook at Brittany, B-R-I-T-T-A-N-Y Fans, P-F-A-N-T-Z. This is a house band you don't want to forget. That's right. We're going to keep playing them until you remember. That's right. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, that was so smooth. I, I got to say, Punkin, that um, I think we're getting to be such pros at this because it was sort of a gradual epiphany of mine, you know. Hey, there's a good title, Gradual Epiphany. I do like that. Uh, you know, next it dawned album? on me. Yeah, next, next album. album. There you go. The uh, the editing was getting easier, um, and I know the audience is thinking, like, 
This shit is edited? Yeah, right? That's exactly what they're thinking. Oh, believe me. This uh, time, You have no idea. The raw footage would have you in disbelief, although they might get to find out sometime. We might mm. do a live show. <gasps> Ooh, yes, but this will have passed. We may, be, we may have already done a live show. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Hopefully but, you uh, enjoyed it. But it's getting, it's getting easier to edit. I mean, I used to hate editing with the white-hot intensity of a thousand suns, and now it's like, the intensity of three suns, maybe four tops, you know, mm. so it's it's so much better. So congratulations. Uh, it's not easy excising all of my attempted jokes that fall flat. That that still takes some doing. And, and the listeners are going like, dude, you missed a spot, you know. But oh, <laughs> like, no. They're saying, why didn't you cut more of Christina then? I don't get that. But I mean, honestly, there are some of the, the, the edits. I have to give myself credit here in my defense. Some of the edits are like really pretty immaculate. I mean, the audience would never guess that the first half of any given sentence was spliced together with the second half to sound seamless when in reality they were separated by five minutes of David's attention wandering to some shiny new object, you know. I mean, so <laughs> the audio Frankenstein work that uh, takes place here. There's a lot. Is, uh, I mean, you know, these edits are so pure that the... They're the, so the, pure. The driven snow is like raw sewage by comparison. They're pure like the lines I do before the show. The pure like those lines. Pure uncut lines. That's right. <laughs> So uh, anyway, <laughs> congratulations to uh, your uh, increasing our increasing uh, professionalism. Right, we we do try, we do try. Although we could never hand this over, but still, no. And I'm still trying to uh, perfect my uh, on air talent vo- voice. I'm not sure I have one. On air talent voice is that yeah. a thing? You have it. I am not sure I have one. I'm a savant. I don't have it. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, but even I can occasionally read a format, and it seems to suggest that I'm doing a feature now. You are in a feature you came up with, actually. That's true. Yes, I actually. Here's a, one of my very few contributions to the show: Strange Nest Fellows. And for this feature, we discuss strange collaborations, unlikely collaborations, and or duets. In this case, the project was known as. S and M, which stands for Symphony and Metallica, and the title itself gives it away, is a, uh, a union between the uh, San Francisco Symphony Orchestra and Metallica. Very good choice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I like that you're like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was the best. <laughs> like, very good choice. Yeah. Uh, and at the helm of the San Francisco Symphony Orchestra in this collaboration was Michael Kamen, who I, I believe we've spoken about him before. Uh, on another show. Uh, he was the arranger and the conductor of this. A uh, fascinating man with an amazing history. I mean, touring with David Bowie on keyboards and oboe in the Come 70s. On. Come on. Wow. Composing numerous film scores, including Mr. Holland's Opus, wow. the Die Hard series, the Lethal Weapon series, wow. Memento. Yeah, Christopher Memento. Nolan, Memento. Yeah. Wow. Two favorites of mine, License to Kill and The Last Action Hero. Sorry. And even something you uh, you loaned me, Terry Gilliam's Brazil. So, <laughs> yes, and he has wow. gotten a round. He's and got this, his fingers and everything. Everything, yeah. You know? And this project was actually his idea, and it wasn't until seven years later the band took him up on it. I mean, you know, an orchestra with a rock band like Emerson, Lake, and Palmer or Pink Floyd which has been done before, makes a certain kind of sense, Mm -hmm. according to conventional wisdom, at least. But Metallica? That took a little imagination. Uh, Deep Purple had, in fact, done an album with an orchestra 30 years earlier, but uh, they're still nowhere near as heavy as Metallica. I mean, no. So, did it work? Well, Metallica singer and guitarist James Hetfield said the results were mixed, but when it was right, it was really sweet. Uh, one critic felt that Metallica's music was plenty symphonic already, a sentiment which with mm. which I have to agree. I mean, it is... Symphonic? I don't think so. Melodic. Melodic, yeah. For sure. Yeah, is what he meant. But symphonic? Because it's not symphonic. We're talking about very few instruments Correct, here. Correct, exactly. But melodic and sure. uh, Baroque at times, absolutely. Sure. Absolutely. Um, 
Michael came and described his vision as taking uh, beautiful black and white etchings and adorning them with color. Mm. And I guess that's also a f- pretty fair way of looking at it. I but, agree. Uh, now, for example, Hero of the Day. Now, there is a song, a beautiful song in its own right, but when you add the strings to it, it's just it's uh, just divine. So, otherworldly. Uh, oh, it is otherworldly. The initial concert kicked off with the orchestra performing Ennio Morricone's The Ecstasy of Gold from the classic Sergio Leone film The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. And that set the pace for an evening of high drama quite splendidly. Then the band joined in for their own The Call of Cthulhu Mm. with the massive orchestra's full support. Uh, This stunning crossover episode landed all the parties involved a well-deserved Grammy. As a uh, huge fan of classical music and rock myself, I've always insisted that classical music was progressive rock without electricity, basically. And uh, furthermore, that the power and the passion and the range and the depth that we take for granted in rock is born from the innovations of the great composers, especially those with a knack for standing conventions on their ear like Ludwig van Beethoven. Now, as has been noted, this band, especially when they go into an instrumental break, might as well pass around the powdered wigs as they can be as Baroque and romantic as any composer of old. Uh, I only recently learned, however, that the original Metallica bassist Cliff Burton was a huge lover of classical music and had suggested the band do something like this before his untimely death. Now, how pleased he would have been at the outcome of this very successful pairing, which was repeated in SNM2, celebrating the 20th anniversary of this incredible venture. So this is something worth listening to. This is something worth uh, watching. It's, it's a beautiful thing to see. I remember I saw one on its first release on uh, MTV, believe it or not, mm-hmm. or was it VH1? One of those, like, formerly music channels. Right. And uh, just uh, wonderful. So this Strange Nest Fellow pairing uh, was just magic so i totally endorse this and uh if it's not baroque if it's not baroque that's right i did you get that for me i love that i say that joke all the time no <laughs> it's a, i did not <laughs> <laughs> yeah so sadly we lost michael Kamen somewhere along the line but it was good that he got that going and uh just, just a great man and you're gonna bump into his music everywhere you go and hopefully you'll be hearing metallic everywhere too because they continue to kick ass to this day all the way from the 80s uh, Well, it looks like it is time for another amazing indie artist. And this time it is Deep Drain with a song, a song that is a very uh, hypnotic dance tune called Come Dance With Me. And Deep Drain is from Fullerton, California. Electronic, rock, goth, all of it. So this particular song... These vocals are so impassioned, and they are kind of a precursor to the darkness in the lyrics. And dancing seems like a relatively light activity, right? Until you hear the vocalist follow it with, for the very last time. For a dance track, it is quite dynamic, and the starts and stops allow time for appropriate reflection. The bass is trebly and just a little bit disturbing just like the finality of this last dance. This is Deep Drain.
So that was Deep Drain, and you can find them on Facebook at Deep Drain. Now, I have to say, this is a friend of mine, Mario, and a friend of Bruce's, and Bruce actually played drums with them for a while and will again, I'm sure, once they go live again, once the world is opens up a little bit more, starting to open up. And uh, Mario also has, this is just a very small, quick aside, he also has a paint and wine business. So it's very cute. So we've gone to a few of his events at bars and also at their actual studio where you can paint, have some wine, have some food. And his his lovely fiance leads you through how to paint a painting. Now, mine always look like shit, but it's so much fun. <laughs> so Happy shout little out to trees, Mario. you know. Yeah, well, I can't paint to save my life, but they try to help me get through happy little trees. <laughs> but uh, it is really, really fun. In fact, we should do that sometime. I think that would be really fun. It would be, yes. It Although would. you would laugh at me the whole time, which uh, is appropriate. No, I have. I also have zero graphic artistic talent. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, I, then we'll I, laugh I, at each other. I mean, uh, you've seen Deputy Duck, right? Yes. You've seen the evil spirit, right? Yes. Okay, well, there you go. That's, okay. my, that's my graphic <laughs> ability. Fantastic. Speaking of graphic and ability and mm. writing and things like that, oh. you, you commented before yes. that um, <clears throat> if you're uh, doing a bit and it triggers, uh, and I'm, I'm, I think of a response and I don't want to forget it, yes. I'll grab my little pad here and I'll write something down and then... <laughs> <laughs> As if this is like some high stakes uh, poker thing. Yeah. I put it face down. 
<laughs> and I mocked him by pretending to write and covering it with my hand. <laughs> you know, and it's first of all, even if she were, if I could hold it up right, and I did, I held it up right in front of her face. Like, can you understand what this says? So so far, I got. I think it says, "Change or Chris name creeping breath amped in." Arpita or amphibians or something. Electric will next the no why. <laughs> I don't know what that means. That's pretty much what it says. And <laughs> what does that fucking mean? What the fuck is that? How do you do a show with that shit? <laughs> and those are that's what I hide face down so that's she what won't you hide see from it. Yeah. Me. And <clears throat> those are actually the notes by which she was um, uh, talking about uh, Ann Wilson's uh, "Can't Live Without" albums. And talking about Chris, what was it Hartley? Yeah, Whitley. Whitley, what, Chris Whitley, or Watley, Whitley, I think it was Chris Whitley. And I, I jotted down a couple of notes because I wanted to comment on uh, that uh, the, that wonderful artist there. <laughs> and uh, that's what I wrote down. And what she just read, actually, the whole my whole response was keyed off of that. So it, <laughs> no it is a shorthand. It is an encryption. So I, I guess I don't have to turn the paper over when I write these things down. You don't, but it's adorable that you do. Like you cannot see this. This is top secret, Christina. And I'm like, as if I could understand. Oh well, David was going to say he was going to say <laughs> it. Well, uh, eat. Uh, <laughs> Why, exactly. You, know, you might as well just be speaking another language. What am I? Am I <laughs> do I amuse you? Am I, am I funny to you? Am you I like, a clown? You like a clown? You know? <laughs> you're always laughing. How come you're always laughing? Why are you always laughing? All right. That brings us to a feature we like to call The Pecking Order. And for this feature, we pit similar bands, artists, against one another and determine the pecking order. And who are the contestants in this particular bout? I actually Madonna. don't know. Oh. No, you don't know. And and it's because they have come up in recent discussions on the show. Madonna and Lady Gaga. Oh, snap. Yeah. Now, there's no secret. Anyone who listens knows that, that I like both of these artists. But um, these two are often compared and contrasted. And, of course, because Madonna came first, it's usually the Janie come lately that's accused of being a knockoff. But of course. Is that true? Uh, certainly not, you know. Mm-mm. But there are a number of sim- similarities that one could cite. Uh, a run-of-the-mill person unfamiliar with the work might think of them as, both as pop dance artists who are known to do unusual things to generate publicity, and oh, also they do some acting. Oh, she's taking notes now. I love this. But you should have put it face down. You know? Yeah, I will. I, I don't good. want you to see. And they do some acting, and uh, those things are true. And hardly unique to them. Hello, Miley Cyrus, uh, known to uh, try to stir up a controversy here and there. But there's so much more to their stories and their artistry. Uh, So in talking about a pecking order, we should clarify, we mean the music. uh, As it is in its released forms. Um, The other things, well, uh, to me, Madonna totally nailed the title role of Evita. But beyond that, she's been a passable to pretty good actress. Uh, Even in her uh, James Bond scene in the same film she did the title track for. Uh, Lady Gaga, on the other hand, is probably a much uh, better uh, actress in general. But we're not talking about that. Except we are. Uh, <laughs> on this show, you know, we often talk you know, We often talk about things that we're not talking about. You know? We do. It's true. <laughs> it's kind of a tradition. You know? It is. We're not talking about that. Except for we 15 are. minutes later, we, we're still not we're still talking, talking about, about it. We're yeah. still not talking about it. Okay, when it comes to singing voices, yeah, I, yes, I really do think Madonna can sing. But Lady Gaga is a great deal better than her and just about anybody else. So, Madonna plays a little guitar while Lady Gaga is a very accomplished keyboardist. 
They've both written songs by themselves, but they largely use collaborators. And I'm sure if you had two fully equipped studios and locked each of them in one, Lady Gaga would probably emerge with the better product. But as it is, though, with the releases that they have, though each of them shows considerable and very commendable range in their musical output, my pecking order would have Madonna out front. Now, sure, she's had many more years to put out a much larger body of work, but you know, I love the stuff she has done and the daring moves she's made and the boldness and the uh, maturity of some of her choices. The album I'm Breathless, uh, for example, songs from and inspired by the film Dick Tracy, starring Warren Beatty in the title role, alone would probably put her out in front. Swinging, big band, jazz, standard-type songs, uh, though these are originals, which is a wonderful divergence. And yes, Lady Gaga's done that too with Tony Bennett. But the songs on I'm Breathless are just so remarkable, including a charming duet with Mr. Beatty himself called Now I'm Following You. Uh, Lady Gaga certainly has a way with ballads, but Madonna has a slew of absolutely sublime introspective numbers like the deep cut Promise to Try, uh, it's a personal favorite of mine, Crazy for You, and the amazing Live to Tell. I mean, these are incomparable. Immaculate retro girl pop classics like Cherish and True Blue, mystical erotica like, well, erotica, and Justify My Love, hip-shaking hair-whipping anthems like Express Yourself and Where's the Party, uh, the delicious Latin-tinged La Isla Bonita. Nah, forget about it. Everybody knows how highly I rate Lady Gaga, and between them, uh, I've had at least 10 of their albums, but Madonna wins this one hands down. What say you, Cookie? Well, it's quite a pairing. I honestly would, uh, would not see these two as comparable. So I would not have put them versus each other, even though I know people do. That's what I'm, that people do, though. They yeah. are not the same in any way to me, um, other than them both being daring in their own right. Uh, one can sing, the other can't. The other is a three. Madonna's a three, and Gaga's a twelve. So to me, that's not even that's apples and oranges. And as far as acting, the defense goes, will concede the point. <laughs> <laughs> so right there. She beats her. I'm sorry, without any doubt. And then as far as daring goes, Madonna was definitely somebody who paved the way, but Gaga has perfected it. She's taken it to a new level. She's gone above and beyond what Madonna did in a shorter period of time and has made more of an impact on the world and people and has alienated less and united more. So to me, she wins because she's done it better, faster, Slicker, and she's still made a positive difference in the world. While Madonna has been an LGBTQIA icon, she didn't do for that that community what Gaga has done already. So when I look at kind of the the whole body of work, I've always been a Madonna fan, not because she's a great singer, but because she's a great pop artist. But when it comes to Gaga, she has bested her at her game, and she's bested everybody at this game. Whether it's standards, which the breathless is a joke when you see what what she's done with Tony Bennett. It's a joke. It's adorable. It's very cute. But stop. Oh, stop it. the ultimate diss is cute. Yeah, it's adorable. <laughs> it's cute. But what it's Gaga benign? did. Benign? Benign maybe? Not even. It's just cute. What Gaga has done with an absolute legend is elevate her brand no. to a whole new level, to a whole new group of people. She's done what that Dick Tracy album could not. So to me, if we have to put these two in order, oh, and before, because 
even though we're not talking about it, we're talking about it, she fucking kicks her ass as an actress in every possible way. The first minute on the screen, she kicked her ass. The defense will also concede this point. <laughs> <laughs> so I think her, her music is more cohesive. It's more... It's more evolved in a very short period of time than Madonna's was. Madonna's was, it stops and starts, trials and fails. And for me, it's just been like, bam, 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 bam with Gaga. And she came by it honestly. She paid her dues just like Madonna. She was, she mired, you know, she was just in the shit for a long time. She's not the prettiest girl in the world. I think she's lovely, but people don't think Madonna is the prettiest girl in the world. So to me, they've had to overcome a lot. Madonna with the gap in her teeth, Gaga with the nose that people don't like, and she doesn't. I love have both of those things, by the way. <laughs> she doesn't have conventional beauty, and Madonna wasn't conventionally beauty. Although I think Madonna is, when when you look at her in like, like a borderline, and and uh, you know dress you up and all that kind of stuff, she was just drop dead gorgeous. Like I just can't even handle it. But I do think. These two people should probably not be versus each other, but I know people do put them that way because Madonna loses hardcore. She is just, she has been knocked down KO by Gaga. I think the caliber of her music uh, leaves her the last uh, last diva standing, but uh, nice pecking order. We're split decision on that one. Uh, the defense uh, rests, but uh, no admission of uh, failure here. But uh, yeah, uh, they're both great. Uh, well, all right. Well, that was a fun pecking order, controversial though it may be. And I appreciate that the defense uh, conceded some of those points. And uh, we shall see what the people think. But before we do that, we're going to go listen to another amazing indie artist. This one, David Patacone, with a song called Indestructible. Now, I don't know where David hails from. I tried to find out and I couldn't. He describes his music as nostalgic future retro electro rock. Well, hell yeah. That's, That's what I'm a talking mouthful. About. Sign my shit up, right? So this is Rob Zombie-esque vocals and growls. And they're the feature of this track for sure. The cement floor, though, is the 16th note sequencer pattern. Absolutely. It starts with a few layers and then builds to a cacophony of sound that absolutely grows more menacing and unrelenting. It is crazy good. A well-placed and cherry-on-top guitar solo ushers in the end of this propulsive screed. Enjoy Indestructible.
All right. That was David Patacone. And you can find him on Facebook at David Patacone. That's P-A-T-A-C-O-N-I music. And Bruce, who is not somebody who's super into this music, liked this track. Now, if that tells you anything, you should go listen to David Patacone. All right. Well, we did the peck in order. We did a song now. Um, here's another old favorite of ours. Owl, do it better than emu. Uh, for this feature, we discuss covers of songs that either rival or are better than the original mm. or not. Uh, or not. Yeah, or not. Sometimes they're not. Now, in this case, the song under scrutiny and discussion and dissection is Ain't Too Proud to Beg, originally released by The Temptations in 1966. Mm. Now, I have to say that it is rare, almost to the point of unheard of, to best an original Motown classic. I mean, it's... Especially for you. Yeah, it's next to hard to do. Yeah. Uh, as we discussed on an earlier episode, Motown label artists or similar rhythm and blues and soul songs of that era have been covered by virtually every rock band or singer that ever was. Mm-hmm. The Beatles, Rod Stewart, The Who. In fact, The Who, who we've talked about a lot tonight. Uh, it's, it's so unfortunate. It's, it's very... Uh, <laughs> Prescient, uh, although some prescient. somebody is trying to tell me that it's prescient, like it's prescient. precious, and uh, it's prescient. It's prescient. It is. It's prescient. That, but that destroys the whole word. I'm so uh, sorry. I'm sure the British pronounce it correctly. I'll, I will check you. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, it was very prescient because the who keeps coming up. I'm wearing a who T-shirt actually at this moment, and uh, Ann Wilson and Quadrophenia, bless her little heart, she redeemed her list with that. Uh, or but made it worse. They relied so heavily on covers of that sort in the early days that they would build themselves on their uh, promotional show posters as maximum R and B. And the phrase mm. has, uh, phrase has struck, stuck with them through their entire career. The Rolling Stones also padded their early releases and shows with lots of covers. Mm. And while I'm sure they never considered themselves to be besting them, in 1974, as far as I'm concerned, they did just that. Yes, eight years after the original Temptations hit, the Rolling Stones released their own version of Ain't Too Proud to Beg on the classic album It's Only Rock and Roll, which was the uh, the last of the uh, incredible Mick Taylor era. Though Mr. Taylor isn't actually on this particular number. It's just Mick, Keith, Bill, and Charlie. And on the piano, none other than Mr. Billy Preston. Mm-hmm. So, what makes it better to me? Why would I think such a heretical thing? I mean, don't I have a sufficient number of burnings at the stake coming for thinking Frank Zappa sucks and considering Helen Reddy to be better than Karen Carpenter? You I do. mean, I do, right? I mean, you that's do. that's two, three burnings at the stake Absolutely, right there. Absolutely, 1,000%. I mean, any of the ashes that are left back up on the stake. Absolutely. Uh, amongst Round my, two. Amongst my other aberrant views. Yeah, keep burning and reburning. <laughs> Well, there are many things. Uh, on the chorus, the Temptations version has some supplemental vocals, but it's not as forceful as the Jagger and Richards harmonies that are uh, part of the Stones' signature sound. Uh, furthermore, while I love what I think of as that 60s drum sound, that undefinably cool and awesome tap uh, heard in the music of the time, the Kinks, the Beatles, etc., uh, even the Stones, but not here. Now, sure, there were eight years of recording technology advances between the Temptations version and the Stones cover, but I think it mostly comes down to the vision for the song's sound and the method of miking it, uh, the drums. And here, Charlie Watts' kit sounds m- awfully snappy, uh, way out front. And while the drum intro and the piano riff mirror the Temptations original, the Stones have set up a wicked little call-and-response echo type thing between the clavinet and the guitar during the verses that really gives it a serious punch. And the whole thing just has an urgency in keeping with the petitionary tone of the song. And while it's true that it is a good time number, 
the Temptations version wasn't a big boo-hoo fest or anything. The Stones have gone and made it a hell of a lot more fun as well without substantially altering it. A boozy, bluesy guitar solo from Keith Richards is also a plus. And while it stands on its own, I admit, as a lifelong fan of the album, that its placement between the first and third songs on Side One endears it to me even more. You can't help but shake that when you grew up listening to albums. It's only rock and roll is a bit like Led Zeppelin's fourth album, in that they were coming back from something of a departure. Uh, the Stones slam back with a rowdy opener, and then into Ain't Too Proud to Bay, which is the only non-Jagger and Richards song on the album. Uh, and that leads into the uh, title track. And how it does that is another special feature of the Stones version. The Temptations original fades out, and that's all fine and well, but the Stones vamp it up for a while with Jagger yelping and Billy Preston banging away on the keys when it suddenly ends in three sharp notes. Don't you go. Bam. Over. You know, And then on into the title track, which is rootsy and psychedelic both and has a hell of a, a story that I will spare you here. Uh, we love these little trivial tangents, but there's a good story behind that one. So anyway, Ain't Too Pride to Beg is a rock and soul classic and required listening as part of the curriculum at P-Soup University. Now, on a personal note, the song's narrator can abase himself all he wants like that, but me? I'm sorry, girlfriend. I am too proud to beg, so don't look for it. But it's a great song, though, and uh, it was just born to be a chart smash. The Temptations original was a hit for them, uh, reaching number 13 on the charts, and not to let a good tune go to waste, the Stones also released it as a single and scored a number 17 with their version. You know, it's such a classic that even some of today's annoying assholes with passable voices could probably score with it. Are you listening, Bruno Mars? <laughs> Any uh, opinion on that? I, I... I have to, you have to hear the Stones version? Yeah, I don't, I don't know that version. Oh. Whoosh. We're back because I had to play Christina, the Rolling Stones version. Well, actually, first uh, revisited the uh, Temptations original, and I got to say, I was cringing here when I saw how she got into this. I mean, she was totally transformed, and I'm like, oh, no. I was I was dying from embarrassment that she was going to hear the Stones version after that. I thought she's going to hate it. I hate it. I hate myself. It's because <laughs> she was so into the song. I was like, no, what have I done? Uh, fourth burning at the stake coming uh so uh, yeah we listened to both and whoosh we're back and uh anything uh, to say that was a fucking travesty travesty wow that's an embarrassment <laughs> see that's how i felt i was like oh no that's an it's embarrassment gonna be shit. everything is shit <laughs> they gutted that song they took all the soul and all the heart out of that song it's true it's, it's a rowdy it's, rocker now it's a, it's a, no it's not it's 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 offensive actually to <laughs> me and to the original because the original has so much heart and so much soul, and you hear that he cares about this, and I'm, I'm not too proud to beg. And the Stones, it's just like they're going through the motions, and they're like, oh, well, this is what we do, and they replaced the fucking horns with a cheap guitar. <laughs> Why would you ever do that? I mean, this is a Temptations classic. It's one note. There were no peaks and valleys. He didn't do any of the, you know, the any of the high notes or anything. He just stayed flat. And one note, it sounded like every other Stone song. Why would you ever do that to a classic song? And how could anybody who likes Motown, who claims to like Motown, like that better? There's no way. Even after eight years of technological advances, there's no fucking way that best that fucking original song. Zero percent. Zero percent. And if it ain't Baroque, don't fuck with it. And they should not have fucked with it. That is an embarrassment to the Stones, in my opinion. I don't care where you place it on the album. I don't give a fuck when you heard it. <laughs> there is no way 
no way that that beats the Temptations. I challenge anyone to go listen to those and come back to me and tell me the Stones is better than Emu because it's fucking not. That was awful. Well, I'm going to hide behind the old apples and oranges, uh, as trite as it is, defense. It's like, okay, sometimes you just want an apple. It's not better. Sometimes you just want an you apple. You said it was better. No, I admi- yeah, admittedly. Uh, I was exposed to it much more, and it was a real, like, formative time. And I was like, I, that, that was, I heard the song ten times as many, as many as the original. And I do like it. I don't know about the soul part. I don't think they were going for that. They can certainly do that, but... It is a soul no. song. You took the soul out of it. Why the fuck would you do that song then? They have a tendency... They did a lot of Temptations covers, and they, they have a tendency to, to take the soul out of most of them. Well, apparently you like that. So you can <laughs> listen to any of the soul songs they did and just hear it homogenized and completely castrated. And Yeah, and, and just totally... Uh, Absolutely horrific. Desalinated and... <laughs> that was horrible. Wow. I am I, like... I, I'm I knew horrified. she was going to feel that way, and I was like, oh, I want to crawl under I am horrified by that. I was like, I was waiting for it to really blow me away, and it did. Made me kind of nauseated. Wow. Yeah, we might have to have an anti-horror uh, horror. Uh, I think you need to burn sage in here because I think demons have taken over your body. Because <laughs> I'm not sure what just happened. Just so you know, you have the right to change your mind. So if if, if after hearing Ain't to Back the original, you're like, you know what? Maybe I liked it, but it wasn't better than Emu. You can. You have the right to change your mind. You know, I think maybe uh, maybe uh, this place uh, might have picked up a demon or two, and I think maybe we need some help from an angel. How about an angel machine, which is the name Ooh. of the next artist. Ooh, that was <laughs> Whatever. fucking slick as fuck. I liked it. <laughs> the name of the next artist, Angel Machine, and the song... Anxious creatures. I'm a kind of an anxious creature here too, with uh, <laughs> the heresy I just committed, you know. But uh, <laughs> Angel Machine is dark wave electro rock. The leader of this band in question now is in Indiana. However, we know he hails from California because he is known personally to Punkin here, and yes. uh, I uh, very nearly met him at a, an ascent show I went to. He yes. was there. We didn't talk because they were playing and stuff like that. But um, he was there, and uh, he turned us on to his. Music afterwards. Great guy. Great uh, music. Wait, uh, great. Yeah, especially this is the best stuff I've heard by him, too. I absolutely so love this. The vocals uh, on this, on point. Again, Wade Raleigh, now going by the name Wade Seraph, uh, in keeping with the uh, band name Angel Machine. Uh, although Seraphs aren't exactly angels, but they're like non human heavenly creatures at least, so it's close enough. You know. <laughs> and they have the most wings. Okay, they got six, uh, which is cool. He uh, flies higher than the he rest. He flies higher than the rest. That's it. He's got six. I mean, six. You, gotta, you can crank up a lot of awesome when you got six wings, you can. dude. I love this song, Anxious Creatures. Uh, it starts with a plaintive, synthesizer draped emotional verse, but then it takes a delightfully edgy turn and kind of bares its fangs. The lyric expresses regret and a desire to restore and unburn past bridges, or at least you understand me and my perception of lyrics, so this is just telling you my what I think. It's like it's like a Rorschach test, you know, kind of a thing. It's like an ink blot. A you know, song is an ink blot to me. That I always is... see an elephant with a hat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I look at the Toyota logo, and what do I see? A cow wearing a hat. A cow yes, wearing a hat. <laughs> it looks like a... The next time you see it, it's a cow wearing it, a hat. I totally... Know. I see what you're see, saying. See, right? Yeah. I got it. All right, so, you know, maybe you get the same thing out of the song that I do in that case. Who knows? Yeah. This fellow is also too proud to beg, but... <laughs> I ain't too proud to beg you to change your mind about the last thing. <laughs> I'm revisiting. I feel I'm, 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 I'm blushing Revisit. deeply. I'm br- blushing to, like, seven layers of skin here, you know. <laughs> uh, but uh, while this uh, individual, the narrator, is man enough to own his mistakes... And he insists he's addicted to her like a chemical uh, and asks for forgiveness 
and says he never should have let her go. The longer the song goes on, you sense that behind the delivery there might be a little creep factor at play, <laughs> and that makes it even more fun, you know. <laughs> here's, <laughs> here's Angel Machine with Anxious Creatures. See oh. 
All right, Anxious Creatures from Angel Machine. And we were really happy to play this one. We're very proud. This is, a, this is a knockout tune, so nice work, Wade. And you can find them at Angel Machine US on Facebook. Well, wouldn't it be tweet if I told you what my own newly formed supergroup looked like? Well, for this feature, we create our own supergroups and explain why it would be tweet. And I have done just that. Oh, I love these. So, you might have been prescient. Prescient. Yes, on uh, one thing, because one of the people we spoke about uh, this evening may appear on my uh, list of supergroup members. Oh, Madonna on lead vocals? Yes, twice. (laughs) Yes. Sorry. All right, so let's start with drums, because that's the foundation. So, Pat Mostolato of King Crimson, XTC, the Rembrandts, Mr. Mr., and Stickmen fame. Brilliant, brilliant, incredible, one-of-a-kind drummer. Gotta have him. Gotta have the best. So, can't have Neil Peart, because we already used him. So, now, Pat Mostolato. King Crimson, nice. And, on bass, I'm going to throw you for a loop. On bass, I'm having Julie Slick. Julie Slick is a kick-ass progressive rock bassist for the Adrian Blue Power Trio. Oh. And Julie Slick is no slouch. She is incredible. She is definitely somebody that you should go look up and listen to her stuff. She has tons of solo albums as well. Brilliant bassist, and I love to watch her play. She's just electric. Now, these are two individuals I have not encountered so far. Well, that's a problem. Yeah, that is a problem. Just like your selection earlier. Um, on you these know, are, these are, being too proud these to are, uh, walking, talking, deep cuts. Only for you. Yeah, for me. <laughs> well, I mean, they're not like, you know. They are uh, King Crimson. I mean, Pat Mostolato has been around since Mr. Mr. And St- the Stickman, the Rembrandts, XTC, and King Crimson. I mean, he's been with Crimson for years, so he is well known in the prog rock scene. Uh, and on guitar, I had to. For so many reasons. One, because he's brilliant, and two, because he would bring a different flavor. Mr. Eddie Van Halen. Ah, you know I saw that coming. So it's perfect, because right now we have two prog people. Not only do I think that Eddie could pivot to prog without a problem, oh, yeah, but easily. he would also bring the pop and the, the, the kind of heavy metal sensibility to the group, which would really round it out nicely, since Lady Gaga will be heading our super group as the singer. Prescient. <laughs> and there's one more member of this band, and it's violinist Lisa Germano. Oh. American violinist and singer-songwriter. She appeared on David Bowie's Heathen, six Camp albums, five Indigo Girls albums, and three Simple Mind albums, and she's an incredible violinist, and she's a rock violinist, she's a classic violinist, and she's just what my supergroup needs to be rounded out. So we have rock, prog, pop all together in a super group i can only imagine the tunes that this band would produce two people from prog their prog royalty guitar royalty singer royalty and violinist royalty so that is my super group wouldn't it, it be tweet it would be tweet and much like my last super group all of them have a distinctly classical grounding i mean gaga and eddie van halen both learned Mastelato, Slick, classical. Germano. Germano, uh, Germano is, is and a that classical Lisa, that violinist. Germano, Lisa Germano, that's, um, uh, so she's the one in the Mellencamp videos. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, how awesome. I love her. I didn't even know her name. That's fantastic. She's incredible. That's yes. a hell of a group. And I think that would bring depths out of all of these artists that we have not seen. I mean, that that, that synergy there. Oh, my goodness. You imagine the stuff Eddie Van Halen would be playing and that Gaga would be playing and singing, too. Uh, oh, my goodness. Yes, uh, Pat and Julie, you know, just locking in. Gaga and Eddie just with, going at with a, it. And a violin. And you've oh, got the violinist yeah. up there. I just... I just think it's it's magical. It's a it's one that I I thought about a lot. I thought about who I wanted, why I wanted them, and I wasn't just picking, you know, the best of the best, like that everyone would know. I was picking the best of the best, the people who know the best know. Yeah, and there are some some ones that uh, I've picked that only dinosaurs know. I mean, like uh, what did they pick? Neil Smith. Yeah, Al- I mean, knows. nobody knows Neil Smith. Yeah, I knows. but um, yeah. So uh, pick the best pick. Your team. There they are. Pick your so. team. That was one hell of a uh, wooden tit between. Yeah, I didn't want to disappoint. You know, I didn't want to disappoint. I wanted to bring it. And I feel like I have brought it. It is. Consider it brought. I consider uh, it brought. It is brought and uh, signed, sealed, delivered. Little Stevie nod there. You know. <laughs> I like it. All right. And I suppose that uh, having exhausted the theme, uh, we might need a new one. We do, I and think. And here it is. Hmm. Uh, more free bird. We want to give you guys a little, uh, little uh, room here, a little, Why not? little uh, leeway. Yeah. Uh, make it easy for you and us, uh, so we don't have to go <laughs> begging and beating the bushes, hat in hand. Here, all right, free bird. What genre? Punk rock, you bloody wankers! <laughs> I love this. Uh, free bird, punk rock again. Punk rock. Well, it's an aggressive form of rock music that is often politicized and full of vital energy beneath a sarcastic, hostile facade. At least the best stuff, you know. <laughs> It's uh, part ideology and part aesthetic. It is, it is full on theater. I mean, it is uh, the outer limits. I love punk. I truly do. And uh, great examples of this, of course, the Ramones. Now I wanna, I wanna, <laughs> I don't wanna. The Ramones are the best. Uh, Dead Kennedys, Sex Pistols. I love the Sex Pistols. I, uh, Punkin doesn't agree. Mm-mm. The Clash, Joy Division, Misfits, Mr. Danzig there, Stooges, Bad Religion, Green Day, modern one of the modern punk groups that doesn't suck, uh, etc. So yeah, uh, drag out your punk rock uh, and uh, send us a tune that we can play on the next show. At? And I'm uh, getting to that. Well, at I don't know. Both. I uh, know. No, of <laughs> course you don't know. No, you do know. You know. I'm gonna zoom past it and. Uh, and uh, uh, you know, start uh, counting uh, the the panels in the ceiling or something. Um, send it to uh, both on air. That's B O A F, as in birds of a feather. On air at gmail dot com. Mm, you know what time it is? It's the time that I don't like. I know it has to come to an, and all good things must. And this is parting is such sweet sorrow. This is where we rev up and prepare to end today's show and uh, we give you what we like to call affectionately homework for hell yes or oh hell no and this time it is Soundgarden so 90's grunge royalty where do you stand are you in are you out Chris Cornell at the helm I don't know what do you think and we want you to let us know and we will reveal the results in a couple of weeks on the next episode of Birds of a Feather. So now that you have your marching orders and now that we have exhausted all of the things on our format, on our list, on our plan, I guess that uh, leads you to wrap us up. 
you know, people, when uh, puppies need to be wrapped up in neat little blankets, as is their unfortunate tendency, I'm standing by to heed the call. And here it is. Okay. Next, from What the Flock Radio's Birds of a Feather, is a new episode of Winging David, It. What? Squawk That Loon. Simple Minds. I was going to say, who is it? Yeah. <laughs> Simple Minds. Okay. Uh, don't you get up. Ba- no, wait, wait. Don't you come see about me. I'll be alone. Dancing. You know it, baby. Very Tune. nice. Thank All right, you, good. Thank you. Sorry, uh, please continue. Just oh, you, no uh, problem. I had to squawk. We hadn't had a squawk in a long it's time. Been a while. I, had I to really do should have done that tonight. Yeah, you know. a little squawking. Ah, right, a little squawking. All right, new episode of Winging It next. Uh, remember, your boys are coming to you every week now. Subscribe to our feed at both on air again, B O A F on air dot podbean, as in Mr. Bean, B E A N, podbean dot com. And enable notifications so you never miss a show or subscribe and listen on your favorite platform. And that can include Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, slash Audible, Deezer, iHeartRadio, Pandora, and more. And, uh, well, now that we've come to the end of the road, is this like Boys to Men or some shit? That was, that was, uh, I'll only go to the end of the, of the road. road. Oh, and that, that only song. leaves for you to say... Before we stop the show today, David, mm-hmm. I have to I have to just circle back one more time mm-hmm. so you can redeem yourself if you so desire. Which version of Ain't Too Proud to Beg uh, wins? The stones should be shot for theirs. Okay. And uh, it should be burned and mankind all uh, lobotomized as one to forget that the stones version never existed. Let's get the flock out of here. <laughs> This has been Birds of a Feather on What the Flock Radio.